The Pet Milk Program with Saber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Dick LeGrand, Gil Stratton Jr., Gloria McMillan, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Band and Billy Mills Orchestra. This commercial is for husbands only, especially you husbands who help with the family food shopping. When your wife isn't along to sort of keep an eye on you, I know it's a temptation to reach for this and that and not pay too much attention to the list she gave you. But please, fellas, whatever you do, don't forget the pet evaporated milk. You know what happens if there's no pet milk in the house? Well, there's none of that good milk gravy you like with your meat and potatoes. It's pet milk that makes that gravy so good. There's no cream pie for dessert either, because without pet milk, how's your wife going to make that wonderful kind of cream pie you like? And how about the baby? Don't you know that every day and every way your baby gets stronger and sturdier because of pet evaporated milk? Another thing, your coffee isn't going to taste half so good if there's no pet milk to put in it. I've only got a minute or I'd tell you about dozens of ways your wife uses pet milk so you can enjoy every meal more. But take my word for it, will you, as man to man? And remember, when you do the family shopping, to be sure to take home some pet evaporated milk. sad tale we're about to hear concerns a young girl neighbor of the McGee's who's in love with a soda jerk. She's brought her problem to Mrs. McGee, whose own little problem is out of the room right now. As we join Fibber McGee and Molly. Now you sit right here and tell me all about it, Deborah. I'll be glad to help if I can, dear. I'd kind of like a man's point of view on it, too, Mrs. McGee. Is Mr. McGee home? Uh, yes, he's down in the basement, dear, tinkering with the cuckoo clock. He took it apart last week to clean it, and now the cuckoo comes out tail first. <laughs> He'll be long in a minute, though. Oh, good. I think he knows Ed. Ed? Ed Tatum, the man I love. Oh. He's head of the soda department at Kramer's Drugstore. We've been going steady ever since we... Oh, hi, kiddo. Why don't I finish with the... Oh, we got company? Yes. You remember Deborah Lynn, don't you, dearie? Oh, sure. Hi, Debbie. Hello, Mr. McGee. Say, you're getting to be a real grown-up young lady. Seems like only yesterday I saw you on the street eating a big taffy apple. <laughs> when was that? Yesterday. Oh. <laughs> That's probably why it seemed like yesterday. <laughs> well, kiddo, I fixed the cuckoo clock. The bird comes out head first now? No, but I cut the feathers off the tail and painted a face on the bare spot. <laughs> comes out that way. Must be very attractive. <laughs> McGee, uh, uh, Deborah came over to discuss a personal problem with us. Oh? Yeah. It, it's about Ed Tatum who works at Kramer's Drugstore. I believe you know him. Oh, sure I do. As nice a kid as ever gave me raspberry ice cream when I asked for spitacio. <laughs> What's Ed done? Nothing, and that's the trouble. We've been going steady, but he... 
Well, he always seems so cold. My gosh, what boy wouldn't when he spends half the day with his head stuck in an ice cream freezer? <laughs> I mean, he's indifferent. I'm crazy about Ed, and I'd like to be his wife if he'd asked me, but well, he never mentions the subject. Well, maybe it would help if you gave him a little hint. Yeah, that's an idea. Oh, boy, the hints Molly used to give me when we were going together. Now, lover, if it's all the same to you... <laughs> I'll, never forget the, I'll never forget the time I came to see her and she left every faucet in the house running so as it would sound like Niagara Falls. Here, if you don't... And another time we went on a picnic when she was hitting real hard that she'd like a ring on her finger, see? She brought along weenies, and every weenie was wearing a donut. <laughs> And enough, huh? That's enough of that. Okay. But them hints work for you. They might work for Debbie here, too. Oh, I've tried hints, Mr. McGee, but they just roll off of Ed. I'm afraid he just doesn't love me. Oh, now, don't you worry, Debbie. I'll bet you he does. The boy's probably just bashful. Sure he is. I watched that kid down at Kramer's, Debbie. That boy gets all red and flustered when a lady orders salad without dressing. <laughs> That was it. If I could be sure that he loves me, but is just too shy to say so. Well, there's one way to find out. I'll go down to Kramer's drugstore and ask him. Want me to? Oh, gee, Mr. McGee, would you? Sure. Oh, that's wonderful. I just don't know how to thank you. Okay, you wait here with Molly. Oh, but McGee, I'll now... go to the drugstore and be like Cupid. Except a few years older and with more clothes on. <laughs> Hello, Mr. McGee. Hi, Ed. What can I do for you today? Maybe a phosphate? No, nothing, Ed. Just drop by to chew the fat. As long as I'm here, though, you might give me a glass of water. Yes, sir. Here you are. Could you, uh, could you put a little ice in it? Sure. Thanks. Say them slices of lemon you got over there, cut up for the tea, how, how about squeezing one of them in my glass? Sir, there. How's that? Fine. Now slide me the sugar bowl. Okay. Anything else, sir? No, that's all. Ah, ooey. That's the worst dad ratted lemonade I ever tasted. <laughs> people oughtn't to pay for it. You didn't, Mister McGee. Well, I'm talking about people that's dumb enough to. I guess I shouldn't worry about them, though, but that's the way I am, Ed. Always fighting for the underdog. But that, what, that ain't what I come for, Ed. You got time to talk? Oh, sure. I'm just fixing the banana split. You go around with little Debbie Lynn, don't you? Yes, sir. You like her? Like her? Oh, she's wonderful. She's marvelous. Debbie's the most beautiful, the most lovable... Hey, the... hey, hey, hey. You better put that banana down. You're squeezing the insides out of it. <laughs> Gee, I'm crazy about Debbie, Mr. McGee. Yeah. I think about her all the time. I see her face in every Sunday I dish up. That's why I get confused and serve people the wrong ice cream. Yeah, being in love can do that to a guy, I guess. Get so he don't know his tootie from his fruity. <laughs> no, that's what Debbie does to me, all right. Well, if you're so crazy about her, why don't you ask her to marry you? Oh, she'd just laugh at me. Why... I'm not fit to put pickles on her sandwich plate. I'm, I'm not fit to touch the hem of her hamburger. I'm not fit to... No, 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 never mind the shop talk. I got news for you, Ed. Debbie loves you, too. She'd like to marry you. What? Yep. What? How could she? I, I can't believe... Look, Debbie's at our house right now. As soon as you get off work, 
Why don't you come by there and pop the question at her? Why, well, oh, boy, I'll be there. Okay, I'll see you. When... Hey, 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 hey. What you doing with them chopped nuts? Chopped nuts? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm just putting them in the banana split bowl. That ain't a bowl, boy. That's your left ear. Billy Mills in the orchestra and Grand Central Station. Just like I told you it would, Debbie. Ed's hopped up like a frog on a rock. He's coming over here right after work and propose. Oh, Mr. McGee, how wonderful. Good for you, dear. You've done a fine thing. Yep. Debbie's a lucky girl to get herself a husband like Ed. Because the kind of a fine, upstanding, sincere, sweet, thoughtful type husband I am, he is. (laughs) Or will be. Oh, I know he will. Oh, I'm so happy. Hey, Molly, get up and let me have that big chair you're sitting in, will you? That walk to the drugstore kind of left me kind of pooped. <laughs> My chair? Well, dearie, I'm trying to sort out some of your socks. Oh, come you. on, you're always up and down so much anyhow, waiting on me anyhow. It's a shame to waste the best chair in the house under you. <laughs> yes, yes, I guess it is. All right, take the chair. Thanks. Uh, hand me a cigar off the mantel there, Molly. I'd get it myself, but you're already on your feet, and as long as you're up... Come in. Well, hello there, Mr. Oldtimer. Hello there, kids. Hey, company. <laughs> A friend of ours, Oldtimer, Debbie Lynn. This is him. I'm glad to know you, sir. Likewise, daughter. Hi, pretty name, Debbie. Think I knowed your mother. Was she a beetle horse from Arkansas? <laughs> no, Mother was a Barton. That's right, Jezebel Barton. Knowed her very well. She used to be a gunrunner for the Confederate cavalry. <laughs> no, no, no. My gosh, Debbie's mother wasn't even around in them days. 
Well, this girl wasn't around either, Johnny. She was more of a square. <laughs> I was saying to Bessie just today... Oh, uh, Bessie, how is she these days? Oh, Bessie's fine, daughter. Sharp as a tack and just as flat-headed. <laughs> we was down at Kramer's drugstore a while ago having a soda. Kramer's? At the soda fountain? Yep. Nice young fella waited on us there. Tall boy with a faraway look in his eye and one ear full of chopped nuts. <laughs> That's Ed. Yes, he's the boy Debbie here is going to marry. Is that so? Funny you should mention marriage, daughter. Bessie brought it up just a while ago. She did, huh? Yep. We were sitting there eating a double moon glow purple stardust sweetheart's deluxe delight. <laughs> with whipped cream and two spoons. We must have done something to her, I guess. Really? All at once, she turns to me and says, Honey boy... He says, let's you and me get married. <laughs> Just like that, huh? I says, don't be silly, Bessie. I says, who in the world would marry us? <laughs> oh, kid. He's very, uh, nice, isn't he? Yeah, he's fine if you can stand him. <laughs> Shove that sofa pillow under my heels here, will you, Molly? This coffee table is kind of hard under my feet. Oh, McGee, now that doesn't look very nice. Hand me the paper, kiddo. Where is it? Where is it? Gee whiz, how should I know? It was wherever I left it when I went downtown. You're the housekeeper here, you know. I haven't seen it since breakfast when you were hiding behind it, as usual. Hmm. Does, does Mr. McGee always read the paper at the breakfast table, Mrs. McGee? Always. Always. If I were asked to describe how my husband looks in the mornings... I'd say he has a broad white face with freckles that spell out taxes to be increased. Well, I bet when Ed wants his morning paper, Debbie will run all over the house like frantic looking for it. Well, I do want to be a good wife to him. Well, as soon as you're married, of course, Debbie, the first thing you got to do is let him know who's boss. Him. <laughs> that way you'll all... Oh, just a minute, boss. Come in. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Come in, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, hi <laughs> I'd like you to meet our little friend, Deborah Lynn. Deborah, this is Mr. Wilcox. Happy to meet you, Mr. Wilcox. Well, I'm glad to know you, Miss Lynn. I've heard a lot about you from Ed down at Kramer's Drugstore. Yeah, and I'm the guy that he brought the kids together, Junior. They're engaged practical. They will be soon. I'll bet Ed runs all the way here from work with his heart in his little hot hand. <laughs> ah, that's wonderful, Debbie. I can just picture your wedding day. What an exciting moment when the bride and groom come home for the first time to their little cottage. Oh... The happy young husband steps across the threshold. In his arms, he carries his radiant bride. Oh, sure. And in her arms, she carries a case of pet evaporated milk. Yikes! <laughs> Gee, I thought a bride always carried a bouquet. Ah, not a clever bride like you, Debbie. You're bright enough to know that the greatest assurance of a happy married life is plenty of well-cooked food. Well... And the finest foods are those cooked with pet milk. After all, you couldn't cook a bouquet. <laughs> you know, you got a point there, Junior. Why don't you put your hat back on it and go home? <laughs> uh, Debbie, you must always remember that marriage is a 50-50 proposition. One horse and one rabbit. <laughs> By 50-50 proposition, I mean give and take. Give and take? Yes. Give him his favorite foods prepared with pet. And take a bow when he thanks you. Ah, yes. 
It takes a heap of cooking to make a house a home. <laughs> and, Debbie, another thing a wife must remember is to always keep smiling and cheerful through all kinds of trouble. Oh, I will. Someday your husband may come home with tears streaming down his face and say to you, Deborah, all is lost. We're ruined. The market crash has wiped us out. I've lost my job. The mortgage is due. And I was just run over by the 14th Street bus. Woe is us. Woe is right, Junior. <laughs> of all the corners. I'm pro- supposed to stay cheerful, Mr. Wilcox? Always, Debbie, always. As he sits there sobbing, his head on his arms, his shoulders heaving with emotion, you say with a cheery smile, too bad, darling. Here, have a cup of steaming hot coffee. Made rich and delicious by the addition of copious quantities of pet milk. Yeah. Yeah, and then you better duck, Debbie, because if you don't throw that cup right at your noggin, I will... Now, wait a minute. Quiet, now. Quiet. Okay, I'll be quiet. So you see. You see, if you remember all those things, Debbie, you and Ed will be supremely happy in your little pet-covered cottage. That's vine-covered cottage. I know. I know. And nothing could be viner than pet. Goodbye, Ed. <laughs> brother, clear from left field. <laughs> he seems to know a lot about marriage, Mrs. McGee. Has he been married long? No, Mr. Wilcox knows a lot of girls, Debbie, but so far he hasn't been able to make up his mind. Yeah, he reminds me of a guy I knew back in Peoria. I ever tell you about that, Molly, about Clyde Reader's romance with the Slade twins, Ada and Ida? You never did. Well, sit down, kids, and I will. <laughs> you see, Clyde Reader couldn't decide whether he wanted Ada for his bride or Ida for his bride because Ada was beside her. You couldn't tell Ada from Ida. If Clyde glowed with pride at the lovely picture Ada made, it turned out to be Ida Slade instead of Ada Slade. Clyde tried and tried to divide Ada from Ida, but when he called Ida, Ada hit this her, and when he called Ada, Ida, it annoyed her. I'd like to have saw that. <laughs> Without being rude or crude, he even watched the way they chewed their food, but that didn't work because Ada chewed like Ida chewed. The more Clyde wooed, the more he'd brood about the life he'd lead. If he made Ida his bride, because might decide when the knot was tied that he should have pursued Ada, because her Mrs. Reed instead of Ida. Yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> but Clyde paid no heed to the tears that flowed, for he knew if he stayed, his love would fade and never succeed. So he denied Ida and defied Ada and went to Nevada and married a Swede named Hilda McGillicuddy. <laughs> I guess I was thinking about Ed. What was it about the people in Peoria, Mr. McGee? Well, you see, Clyde Reeder couldn't decide between Ada Slade and Ida Slade, so he told... Oh, oh, oh. skip it. <laughs> you go on thinking about Ed, sis. That boy's going to make you a fine husband. And why? Because I and him have got all the same traits. I may be a little too generous at times, of course, but... Oh, see, that reminds me generous, Er McGee. <laughs> uh, be sure and let me have some money before you go to bed tonight, will you, dearie? Money? Yeah, there's a big sale on dresses at the bomb town tomorrow, and I want to get there early. Are you kidding, Tootsie? You already got a dress. Well, of course, but... My gosh, the one on you got, one you got on looks okay. Turn around. <laughs> Why, there ain't a hole in it any place. <laughs> When'd you buy that? September. Hmm, it's nearly new. 1948. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Warwell, hasn't it? You see, Debbie, that's one of the things that a good husband expects his lucky wife not to do, buy too many clothes. But gee, Mr. McGee, four years is a long time for a dress. 
I'm sure Ed would want me to have enough money to... To keep him well-fed and happy, you betcha. The way to do that is to start yourself out on a budget. Yes, we started on a budget, Debbie. It showed us what it cost to live and how much we could save out of our paycheck each week. Only one thing was missing. What was that? A paycheck. <laughs> I can show you the very budget book we started out with, sis. Got it right here in the hall closet. Oh, no, don't open that, McGee. Oh, relax, kiddo. I straightened this closet all out yesterday. Heavenly days, you did straighten it out. Yep. You see, Debbie, all husbands like a place to keep their own stuff in. Private. I keep mine right here in the hall closet. Nice and neat. Yes, sir. Ah, and there's the old budget book. Right under this stack. Here, let me get it. Watch it now. Butter, 12 cents a pound. Loaf of bread, 5 cents. Round steak, 15 cents. Liver for the cat, no charge. The King's Men and Slow Poke. You put her off her procrastinator. You're always late and lately. You're getting later. Oh, I'm waiting. Oh, still waiting. You keep me waiting till it's getting aggravating, you're a slowpoke. I wait and worry, but you never seem to hurry, you're a slowpoke. Time means nothing to you, I wait, and then, late again. Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, quarter to ten. Why should I linger every time you snap your finger, you slowpoke? Why can't you hasten when you see the time's a-wasting, you slowpoke? Why should I keep trying to change you? It's not the thing to do. I guess I'll have to learn to be a slowpoke, too. Closet okay, Molly? Get it all straight? Yes, Master. Ah, this is a great life you're heading for, Debbie. You and Ed. Yes, sir. You kids will be happier than pigs in a puddle. <laughs> Anything he wants to know about being a husband, I'll tell him. And where are you going? I, uh, I think I'll go get a drink of water. My throat is dry. Oh, yeah. Just help yourself, dear. My, she's nervous. Yeah, I'm just excited. This is a pretty wonderful day in her life, Molly. And you know something? Yeah? Gives me a kind of a warm feeling to be the one that brings those two young lovers together. 
to know that I have been chose as the instrument of faith. Sort of a blunt instrument. <laughs> Why, them kids will... Uh-oh, is this him? Is this Ed? No, it looks like Ollie. Come in. Hello, Ollie. Well, hello, Mrs. Hi, McGee. Hi, Ollie. Stick around for the excitement, boy. Young Ed Tatum is on his way over here to propose any minute. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Well, I hope you two will be very happy together, McGee. <laughs> hey, wait, wait a minute. Who does he propose to? You, Mrs.? Oh, no, little Debbie Lynn, Ollie. She's out in the kitchen. Himself here is playing Cupid. Sit down, Ollie. Oh, I, I can't stay, Mrs. You see, my missus tell me to ask you what about the latter party at our house. Party? Oh, that reminds me, Molly. Ollie's wife told me to tell you that you're invited to a party at her house. Last night. <laughs> well, thank you very much. My goodness, Ollie, this is the first I heard of it. Tell her I'm sorry. Well, that's too bad, Mrs. And for you, McGee, I, I give you some good advice. Advice? Don't mess around with other people's love lives. What do you mean? Look, Magoosh, there's only one word I know of that rhymes with Cupid. It starts with a S, and believe me, it ain't smart fella either. So long, Magoosh. So long. I'm sorry I forgot to tell you about that party, Molly. But you wouldn't have had any fun there anyhow without me. It was just women. I know. Uh, Debbie, don't look so distressed. <laughs> that happens all the time, dear. I didn't mean to be listening in, Mrs. McGee, but, well, gee, I'd hate to miss a party just because my husband... Well, I hardly ever go anywhere without him anyhow. The most fun about being married is just being together, the two of you. Always. Sure it is. Oh, I know. If Ed'll just stay close to me. Like tonight. Now, McGee and I haven't anything planned at all. And I'm looking forward to just sitting here in front of the fire, popping some popcorn. Oh, not tonight, Tootsie. I can't pop popcorn tonight. I gotta go bowling tonight. That was last night. I sat here all alone. Yeah, but we wound up in a tie, so we're going to bowl it off tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm Doc Gamble versus... Uh-oh, oh This is it, Debbie. This is him. Come in, Eddie. Hello, Eddie. Come in. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Mr. McGee. Ah, Debbie. Oh, Eddie. Oh, sure. She's been waiting for you, Eddie. Yeah, go on, boy. Do your stuff. Debbie, darling, I... I want you to be my wife. That's it. I... I will cherish you and protect you. That's the stuff. And I'll work my brains out. Oh, Eddie, I know you will. Will you be thoughtful and kind? And, and when I need things, will you let me buy them? And, and will you never leave me home alone, Eddie? Isn't that sweet, McGee? Yes. It's a far, far better thing I've done than I've ever done before. <laughs> Debbie, listen. This is a pledge, honey, a solemn vow. Yes, Eddie? I promise you from the bottom of my heart... I'll always do everything I possibly can to be the same exact kind of husband Mr. McGee is. Oh, no, not that, not that, no! What's wrong with her? I don't know. It must have been something she had. River and Molly return in a moment. You know, a woman spends half her life in the kitchen just to fix the kind of food her husband and youngsters like best. She's not thinking of herself, she's thinking of them. Well, now the pet milk people understand this, and to be helpful, on every tall can of pet evaporated milk, they print a husband-tested recipe right on the label. 
Every recipe on a pet milk label is first tried in homes like yours to be sure the result is pleasing to the family. And that's just one extra you get when you get pet evaporated milk. You also get extra richness because pet milk is good sweet country milk concentrated to double richness by evaporation. You get extra convenience, too, because pet milk stays good and sweet in those handy sealed cans. So if you like, you can buy a month's supply at a time. Extra economy is another advantage, for pet milk costs less generally than any other form of whole milk. Yes, pet milk helps you fix the foods your family likes best and save money, too. So next time you go to your grocer's, don't forget to get some pet evaporated milk. Ed will look just as wonderful to you as Mr. McGee does to me. I know he will, Mrs. McGee. I acted awfully silly a while ago. Mr. McGee has his faults, of course. We all do. But I wouldn't know what to do without him. Why, well, I just couldn't give him away for anything. I'm sure you couldn't. <laughs> I know Ed and I will be so happy. He'll be so sweet and thoughtful and kind. The most wonderful husband in the world. Somebody call me? <laughs> no, dearie. Oh, <clears throat> good night. Good night, all. The first evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Mix a happy marriage with a lonely mother-in-law and a secret love, and you have the ingredients for the dramatic story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Don't miss it. Right after the story, Mary Lee Taylor will tell you the easy way to make the kind of cherry cream pie husbands like best. It's a big double feature, so be sure to listen next Saturday morning over NBC for Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor. <laughs> Now, enjoy the Eddie Cantor Show on NBC. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.